Welcome on in to the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. I am your host, CJ Dieters, and we are finally bringing the podcast back. Um, took about probably about a month and a half, I think, off from doing the basketball podcast. Um, mostly due to the social justice things that the, the NBA felt they had to do um, that really ended up pissing off a lot of fans. And I've talked to a lot of people that stopped watching because of all the crap they were doing. Um, good step in the, in the right direction is that the NBA has said they're no longer doing, once they get to next season, they're no longer putting messages on the court, no longer message, messages on the jerseys. Um, they're creating a social justice coalition, I think is what they called it. It's like five players in the league. I'm sure they'll meet with the league representatives every now and then and just, I don't know, come up with different ways to try and help. I don't know. But anyway, I feel that they are mostly because of money, not because they've smartened up, but because they're losing money. They have changed their mind on a lot of this stuff, and so I feel comfortable coming back and talking about the NBA. Um... So what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be doing a uh, preview of all 30 teams uh, heading into this offseason. Um, today we'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we do that, though, I'm going to really quickly um, just update you on what's going on in the finals. Um, the Lakers are currently up 3-2 to two to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat won last night. Um, if you didn't see it, that was one heck of a game. Uh, Jimmy Butler is really showing in this series that he is one of the top ten players in this league, um, that he can absolutely lead a team. And he's also making you know, the GM of the team we're going to talk about today, Elton Brand with the 76ers, he's making Elton Brand look like a total idiot. Um, the 76ers had set themselves up really well um, under Sam Hinkie. Jerry Colangelo, or Brian Colangelo, took over, started heading them in the wrong direction, then Elton Brand took over, and now they're in a mess. Um, but this last summer, they had the opportunity to choose between Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. They picked Tobias Harris, and then they gave a huge contract to Al Horford. Um, the Sixers got beat out in the first round this year. The Miami Heat are in the, in the finals, being led by Jimmy Butler. Um, game six is tomorrow, which is Sunday. Um, this is a good series. And I, you know, the Lakers were in celebration mode yesterday. They were all ready to celebrate winning another championship. And, uh, you know, they are, they had all these tributes to Kobe Bryant ready to go. And I feel like that, that hurt them. I don't feel like they were fully in the game, at least not the entire game. Once you get into the fourth quarter, they're really into it, but, um, yeah. So anyway, we'll go ahead and get started with the episode. Um, like I said, we are covering the, covering the Philadelphia 76ers, if I can talk correctly here. Um, so first off, the Philadelphia 76ers are one of the most expensive teams in the league right now. Um, based off of the projection of $115 million for the cap, um, which is what the projection was before COVID and the bubble and all that kind of stuff, the NBA has lost money. 
and so I wouldn't count on it being 105. It'll probably be closer to like 109, 110. But we're going to run these uh, projections off of a uh, uh, 115 um, estimate, num- you know, a number to run off of. Um, so going into next season, without signing anybody on, without any adding any draft picks, without bringing back any of their free agents, the, Phil- oh, the Philadelphia 76ers have a payroll of 147 million already, uh, which puts them 32 million over the cap. That puts them well over the tax. Uh, so they're going to be a tax-paying team. Now they could find a way to shed salary, but it's going to be tough. Um, Tobias Harris signed a huge contract. Um, he's still got four years, 159 million left on it. Um, Al Horford, he's an old guy. He can be helpful to a team. But, you know, he's still got three years, $81 million left on his contract. I don't know who would want to take that. Um, you know, so this is a very expensive team. And to get beat out in the first round this year is just not acceptable. Um, like I was saying earlier, I feel like Sam Hinkey really put this team in a great spot. They had a lot of young talent. They had guys like Robert Covington... Dario Saric, Nerlens Noel still on the roster as usable pieces. Maybe not stars, maybe not even starters, but could be usable pieces. And they decided to get rid of him because they felt their rebuild wasn't going fast enough. So then they bring in Brian Colangelo, and there was all the the ridiculousness with him running the team with him having burner accounts on Twitter and doing all these just weird things um, and trying to rush this process Um, and then Elton Brand got the job and Elton Brand traded away Dario Sarch and Robert Covington brought in Jimmy Butler which is a good deal but then he just let Jimmy Butler go picked Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler which Tobias Harris is a good player, but he's a third or fourth option on a good team, and you're paying him a max contract that nobody's going to want to take off your hands. Um, I mean, this team, I don't know really what to predict with this team. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of really good defensive players. I feel like they could really be a threat, but I also feel like they're a team that could be sixth in the East next year. Um, you know, because the Nets are going to be good with Kevin Durant coming off of injury. Um, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Heat, the Pacers could be up there. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know what. What is the future for this team? I feel like Elton Brand really painted this team into a corner. Of uh, this is the team that it has to be for us to win, and it's just not a good team. Uh, it's not not that it's not a good team. Not not that it's not a talented team. It's just that the pieces don't fit together. Um, you have your star point guard Ben Simmons, who is going to be off of his rookie contract and now starting his own max contract this next year. Um, 
who's a really good point guard, really good leader of a team. Um, I, I really think he should probably be playing the power forward um, that ha- just happens to handle the ball. Um, but he, he can't and won't shoot. Um, when he has actually shot the ball, which is like four times this season, it looked okay, but he refuses to shoot. Okay, so if you have a guy like that, you have to have four shooters around him, and they do not have that. You know, you have Joel Embiid, who can space the floor a little bit, but he's such a dominant paint force um, that you don't want him outside of the paint. You don't want him operating um, behind the three-point line from mid-range, all that. I mean, he can do that stuff, and it's good to throw it in a little bit, but you don't want to have to to tell him to go stand outside because your spacing is so horrible. Um, You have Al Horford, who's been a center his entire career. You brought him in, thought you could play him at power forward. And, you know, again, he can space the floor and he can do some things that power forwards are supposed to do. He's a special athlete, but he's not meant to be playing a power forward, especially at this point in his career. I mean, the guy's 34 years old. Um, he's definitely not as quick and agile as he used to be. And you're paying him a ton of money to, at a lot of points this year, be your backup center. Um, and if you look at other teams, they're paying at most for their backup center rotation like $10 million. Um, you know, you look at like a team like the Suns. Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky together made $10 million. Um, you know, the Jazz, Ed Davis, Tony Bradley made eight. Um, the Magic, Mo Bamba, Ken Birch made nine together. Um, you can't be paying your backup center $27 million. Um, unless your starting center is making, like, the minimum. Um, which, even still, it just makes no sense to have somebody that's making that much coming off the bench. And not coming off the bench in a way like uh, Lou Williams or Jordan Clarkson would where they can come off and be a huge advantage to you. They're just coming off the bench because they're not better than the person in front of them. Um, and then Tobias Harris should be playing the power forward this year. They, Because they brought in Al Horford, they're like, you have to play the small forward. And, and it, again, it's like he can do that, but you'd much rather have him playing the four spacing, being faster than the guy that's guarding him, and not having to guard other threes in the NBA. Um, you know, he's just, he's not that great a defensive player. Now, with letting Jimmy Butler go, they were able to work out a sign-and-trade, um, and they got Josh Richardson out of that, and Josh Richardson has been a good player for them. He gave them somebody that can help space the floor a little bit, He's a very good uh, guard, defender. Um, You know, he's a good piece for them to have there. It's just he's the one guy that can really knock down shots in that entire roster. And in the modern NBA, that just just does not work. You have to be able to space the floor. Um, So... When we get into this team, what are their big strengths? What is it that makes them a compelling team 
that makes you think maybe they could be in the championship talk. Like I've talked about, they're huge. Um, you know, when they run their normal starting lineup, you have Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and Ben Simmons. Height-wise, you go down that, you got 7 foot, 6'10", 6'9", 6'6", 6'10". I mean, that's huge. And we saw a team like the Lakers have great success with being huge this year. Okay? But the Lakers also have guys that can space the floor a little bit. Um, LeBron's not the most amazing three-point shooter in the in the world. But if you leave him wide open the way that uh, teams leave Ben Simmons, he'll shoot it and he'll hit it at a pretty decent mark. Um, their defense. Their defense is a, is a strength for them. But it's not as much of a strength as you think it would be. Um, you know, the, the NBA is much smaller and faster now. Um, you know, Al Horford's a really good defender. But when you put him on the modern power forwards that are guys that would normally be a small forward in the league, he can't keep up with them, and they expect him to do that for 25, 30 minutes a game. Um, and and also, they're, you know, they're star players, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who, you know, while they're still young, they can still learn um, and grow together. They're both prima donnas. They, you know, if they don't get the call they want on the offensive end, then there's a good chance that they don't even come down to the other side of the court to help on the defensive end on that possession. Um, you know, um, now, like I said, their two stars are young, which means that there is still hope with this team. But they've got to find a way to clear their salary cap and clear some space for those two to operate. Um, if you're going to have those two as your stars, you have to have three shooters next to them. You can't have all this this jammed up floor like they had. You know, Ben Simmons likes to drive and get to the bucket, but he can't do that if both Al Horford and Joel Embiid are standing right around him. Now, the final thing that might be a strength for this team, I'm not totally convinced about it, is that they do have a new coach. They, they just hired uh, Doc Rivers, who was let go by the Clippers. Um, now, I'm not the biggest Doc Rivers fan in the world. There's some people that think he's like the second or third best coach in the NBA. I'd say he's above average, but I don't think he's this amazing coach. But... A change of scenery for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons could be really good. Um, Doc has worked with these bigger personality type guys before. Um, guys like Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George this last year. Um, so hopefully bringing in a new system, bringing in just a new face in the locker room can hopefully help build this team back up a little bit um but then you know we, we've already touched a little bit on their weaknesses but let's you know let's really highlight those and it'll just kind of show where the 76ers team really needs to improve 
um, whether that be through free agents, uh, trades, draft picks, um, or just internal improvement. Um, the first is, is Elton Brand. I think Elton Brand's got to go. Um, he's the one that's kind of painted you into this corner. I think he got the job way before he was he was ready for it. And really, I don't know if he'll ever be ready for this type of job. I mean, he he has really rushed some of these moves and took taken them from a team that was just a few seconds away from making it to the Western Conference Finals last year to a team that lost in the first round this year and never looked good. You know, never looked like a, a, a cohesive team. Um... The next is spacing. I've talked about that. They've got to find a way to add more shooters onto the floor. Um, but the big problem is you're paying Al Horford and Tobias Harris so much money. And, again, both of them can space the floor pretty well. But, you know, you can't have pretty well, you know, or okay floor spacers with a guy like Ben Simmons who will not space the floor at all running your point guard. Um, and then finally, their biggest weakness, I think, is that they have zero cap flexibility for a while now. Um, the guys that they have on the roster that are expensive are expensive for a while. Um, you know, Al Horford signed for the next three years, Tobias for the next four, um, Joel Embiid for the next three, Ben Simmons now for the next five, um, I, whoever takes over this team as a GM, if they decided to get rid of Elton Brand, I, there's not a quick way for them to get in there and fix things. You have to, you, you probably have to give up assets to get off of a contract like Horford's. Um, you know, this offseason, teams like the Hawks, the Hornets, the Knicks are going to have some cap space. Maybe you could go to one of those teams or the Pistons and be like, hey, we'll give you Al Horford and a couple second-round picks um, if you send us back a second-round pick. Um, you know, it's like... <sighs> but then you do that, you're still not out of trouble with the with uh, your cap you're still even if you took his salary completely off the books you're still at 120 million um for this next season that's five million over the projected cap which again like i said is probably not going to actually be 115 it's probably going to be closer to 109 110 um so yeah i this this is a team that went from having extremely bright future to in a couple years being like, like I don't know how they get any better um, yeah I, I again I think Elton Brand needs to go and <coughs> yeah they need to find somebody to take over this team first of all they should have just left Sam Hinkie in control but they need to find somebody to take over this team they'll run it the way Guys like Dennis Lindsay in, in Utah. Um, crap, can't think of his name, but the guy with the Spurs. 
uh, their GM there, um, Kevin Pritchard with the with the Pacers, where they make they make moves. They're not afraid to be aggressive, but they really let things happen. They let players gel into the team before they make these big changes to other parts of the team. Um, you know, like uh, like this season, you know, the Jazz brought in Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, <clears throat> and at the uh, at the or well, in December they made another trade and brought in Jordan Clarkson. Okay, things were looking better. They were starting to gel a little bit. Now, somebody that might look to rush and be like, we have to win a championship this season, like Elton Brand's mentality, would have made another big, big trade, and maybe even two big trades at the salary, at the um, the trade deadline, and all of a sudden the Jazz go from a team that has a little bit of flexibility, can make some moves this summer, to a team that's that's deadlocked, like the, the 76ers are right now. Um... So going into uh, this offseason, the free agents for the 76ers are Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson III, Howell Neto, and Kyle O'Quinn. Um, I don't know if any four of the, any one of those four will be, will be back. Maybe Kyle O'Quinn, just because, you know, sign him back on the minimum. He's a decent backup center. Um, but Alec Burks is going to make more than the minimum this year, like he did this year. Um... You know, he, he really showed some improvement that he could actually be a role player. Um, that's been his thing his whole career is that he had a lot of talent, had the ability to put the ball in the basket, but it was like, where does he fit? Um, this season he showed improvement in, the, in, in that area. Um, Glenn Robinson III, again, you're not going to be able to bring him back on the minimum. Um, I think somebody's going to give him probably – Somewhere between five and eight million this year, um, and then Howell Neto um, is a decent third point guard. Um, if they wanted to bring him back, I'm sure they could easily make it happen. But I think that they could find some improvement for behind Ben Simmons. Um, but yeah, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Um, I think with the the teams that we're going to do after today's, um, I'm also going to add in their their draft picks and, you know, just kind of give an idea of who I think they could draft um, in those positions. The 76ers have a bunch of second-round picks this year, and this is a draft where I think there's a lot of guys that could be NBA rotation-type players. Not a ton of stars, but there's guys that could be on an NBA team for quite a few years. And so it'll be interesting to see what the 76ers decide to do with those second-round picks because they could end up with some some actual talented players. Um, so, yeah, without going to end, end this episode, thank you for listening. Um, again, the basketball is coming back. But if they decide to do more stuff like they did in these last few months – to really tick off the fans, um, then it'll go away. Um, But again, thank you for listening. Bye!